you're listening to the Transport for the North podcast. Hello and welcome to the Transport for the North podcast. I am your host, Gemma, and today we have got a very special episode of our podcast brought to you from our annual conference. Now, hopefully many of you will have been there in person, and if not, hopefully you were watching live online. Our annual conference took place in Leeds on Monday the 20th of September, and it was a fantastic day with so many speakers and so many hot topics to discuss. We looked at things like high-speed rail, getting people back onto public transport, decarbonisation, the importance of inclusivity, and also the hot topic of transport funding and where that investment needs to come from. A fantastic day all round. We had so many amazing speakers, of course, lots of our own TFN people, including our Chief Executive Martin Tugwell and Acting Chair Councillor Louise Gittins. We also had many of our members present as well, including Mayors Tracy Brabin, Andy Burnham and Jamie Driscoll as well. And then we had a very special guest at the end of the day in Dame Sarah Story, the wonderful Paralympian and Active Travel Commissioner for Sheffield City Region. So all of the recordings from every single session are now available on our website. If you head to transportforthenorth.com slash annual hyphen conference, you will find all the videos there. And we will also bring you some of the highlights in future podcasts as well. But for now, today, we're bringing you the special podcast that I recorded with Councillor Darren Hale of Hull and Councillor Don McKenzie of North Yorkshire in our lunchtime slots. Take a listen, hope you enjoy. Hello everybody and welcome to this special edition of the Transport for the North podcast being recorded live here at our third annual conference in Leeds. Thank you so much for joining us while you're having your lunch. I hope you've all had an enjoyable morning with some very productive and interesting sessions. For those who aren't regular listeners to our podcast, and I would very much hope that you all are, I am your host, Gemma, and today I have two guests here to talk to us about the value of Transport for the North and how we work together across our region to help improve connectivity. So let's get started first by meeting them and finding out a bit more about them. First up, we have Councillor Don McKenzie. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, uh, Don McKenzie. Uh, I represent uh, a division, county division in Harrogate. I'm the executive member for Access, and Access includes uh, highways, passenger transport, countryside access, uh, broadband, and mobile telephony. Thank you very much. And also joining us, we have Councillor Darren Hale. Hi, good afternoon. I'm Darren Hale. I'm the leader of Hull City Council, and I actually hold the economic regeneration um, portfolio, which obviously includes strategic transport, and as such, I'm the City's representative on the Transport for the North Board. Thank you very much, both of you, for joining us today and being part of our third annual conference here in Leeds as well. Now, for the benefit of those who may not be familiar with Transport for the North and our work, again, I hope very much that you all are, given that you're here at our conference. But for those who may be watching online, never heard of us before, want to find out a little bit more, just a moment to give a brief overview. Transport for the North is a sub-national transport body. We're one of seven across England and the only one with statutory status. We have a board made up of members from our region's 20 local transport authorities and 11 local enterprise partnerships. And also represented through our board and through our other committees are a bit of uh, background about the importance of Transport for the North as an STB over those past few years. 
Yes, um, well, indeed, uh, North Yorkshire County Council has been a, a member of Transport for the North since the earliest days, uh, since the, the time of the Shadow uh, Board. Uh, and uh, at North Yorkshire, we clearly have uh, particular challenges. We are the country's largest county. We are 3,000 square miles. If you look at the map in north of England, we are a very, very big footprint. So even traveling within our county does present many challenges. To give people an idea of, of the geography involved, from Scarborough in the east to Bentham in the west is 100 miles, and from Richmond in the north to Selby in the south is 50 miles. So the sheer sizes, size that, that, uh, and distances which our residents have to travel uh, are very great indeed. Uh, the heavy lifting in North Yorkshire is done mainly by buses. Uh, of course, uh, we, we value very highly our, our rail services. The East Coast Main Line goes straight north to south through uh, our county, calling it North Allerton and Thirsk. Uh, and we do have very busy lines like the Harrogate uh, Line, Leeds Harrogate York Line, and the line out to Scarborough from York. But uh, Clearly, to be a member of Transport for the North means that uh, we can all speak with one voice without any question at all, and we recognize this as well as any other authority. There has been a lack of investment in the north of England. Uh, we have a lot of time and a lot of money to make up, and uh, being part of Transport for the North, the, the, the first statutory body of its kind, we feel gives us uh, the ability to attract much more funding to the county. Uh, in order to improve uh, travelling prospects for our residents. Thank you. Uh, Councillor Hale, there's no doubt that the needs of the North and the interests of the North are higher up the national political agenda than ever before. How is TFN using that interest and impetus to move us towards that ambitious, vis ambitious vision that we hold? Well, I think TFN has been very successful at sort of banging the drum for the North and ensuring that... Um, if we speak united with one voice, it, it's much more likely that we're going to be heard. And I think um, we've heard some very welcome words from the government regarding um, levelling up uh, Northern Powerhouse Rail, HS2. Um, I think that we need to make sure that those, now, those conversations are now converted into concrete deeds to match the ambitions of those words. Because, you know, an integrated, sustainable railway uniting the North will bolster the economy of every part of the TFN area and also will support that sustainable growth that is so essential um, as we talk about decarbonisation, as we talk about climate change. And I, I genuinely do believe, obviously, and I'm, I know we all do, that um, transport infrastructure, when it, is, when it does go ahead, it unlocks development. And we know that wherever the, a, a railway route or a, a transport interchange is put in, land values and house prices uh, do increase and GVA increases. So it is a case as if you build, they will come. And it's about us making sure that we bang that message loud and clear on that, on that front. Really pleased that you've both referenced there this idea of uh, Transport for the North bringing the region together to speak with one voice because there is so much shared interest and so much more that we can do when we, when we plan and, and develop these, these things together. And now, of course, that said, the north of England is an incredibly diverse region. We have vast areas of beautiful rural landscapes. We obviously have coasts on either side, the beautiful Pennines in the middle. Uh, how and Our amazing cities here in Leeds today, Manchester, Liverpool, Sheffield, Bradford, um, all up through to the northeast, Newcastle, and 
so much going for our region. How can we bring together the varying needs of, of, of these areas and these people under that one voice approach? Councillor McKenzie. Uh, well, I, I think I've said um, uh, North Yorkshire is different from places like Leeds and Bradford and Manchester and Liverpool. Clearly, uh, we have a population of just 610,000 people spread over uh, 3,000 square miles. So we, we, we are a, a very rural area. There are certainly pockets of, of urban development and Harrogate, Nailsborough, Scarborough. But uh, essentially, it is the rurality of our county which is our biggest challenge. Uh, Clearly, uh, we, we, we put a very high priority upon investing in transport. We've recently invested £10 million to upgrade the railway line uh, between Harrogate and York. It's a very, very busy line, uh, good for tourism, good for commuters, uh, good for business. Uh, and we did that uh, not just with funding from the North Yorkshire Local Enterprise Partnership, but also using some parking surpluses uh, that we have generated from on-street parking. So we feel that was a, a, a good thing to do, transfer money being spent on, uh, by motor car owners over to public transport, uh, which is good for, for so many reasons, not least the uh, decarbonisation strategy that we have at uh, Transport for the North. So, uh, uh, but we're all interconnected. Uh, thousands of people in Harrogate, for example, work in Leeds. Uh, their fallback position is to get in a car to do that journey. But as I did this morning, I came by rail. So we are, of course, very supportive of transports from the north uh, and their, their ambitions to improve rail services. And no doubt we've seen rail services improve. The pace of trains have gone. We've got much more modern trains now, a more frequent timetable. Equally, buses. Uh, in Harrogate, for example, most of our bus services are now carried out by electric buses. Uh, a big investment by Transdev, the local bus operator. But we're looking next to see the double-decker service, the flagship service, Leeds, Harrogate, Ripon service, uh, to be electrified too. And in fact, we've put in a, a bid for £20 million of worth of funding for the Zebra scheme to, to electrify bus services. So diversity, yes, we're, we're totally familiar with diversity. We are different from other parts of, of uh, North Yorkshire, but so many things are common to us all. And one common ambition we have is to see more investment in transport of all kinds, uh, and including digital infrastructure, because with the large distances involved, we've invested £100 million in superfast broadband in North Yorkshire. We've invested in a local full fibre network, public Wi-Fi systems. This also enables our residents to meet with one another without having actually to cover the distances to be there in person. Uh, and I know TFN is very supportive of that too. You touched on so many important elements there that again really shows how we bring not only the parts of the north together but different elements and you're absolutely right physical transport and, and connectivity is one thing but of course the digital infrastructure as well particularly over the past couple of years so many people working from home and we've really seen the value and, and importance of that as well councillor hale your area of hull is one of considerable growth and ambition how does being part of tfn help the people and businesses of your area 
Well, it's uh, similar to, as um, Don said, because um, with the East Riding, we have a similar population, about 600,000 to um, North Yorkshire. But we're a city very much surrounded by the East Riding and cut off from the sort of conurbation cities of, um, of the rest of the North. And uh, we see um, the, you know, the integrated rail plan, hopefully, um, and, and our push for electrification from Hull to Selby and Hull to Sheffield as being a crucial part of linking the great cities and the great districts of the north back together. And with the electrification would come uh, improved journey times that would effectively make Hull a part of a wider conurbation. Um, because what would actually happen then is the, the journey times would be similar to if you were in London, you were traveling from the end of the district line into the center of London and people just accept that a city journey. Whereas um, obviously, for too long, the journey times between the great cities of the north and the great areas of, the, uh, of Yorkshire and the north have, been, have taken far too long. So we see that as a very early win, uh, the electrification, because it wouldn't involve land assembly. It could be done straight away and could be an, uh, a quick win for government. But equally, with the electrification of um, to Hull, would also be an electrification to the docks in Hull, and that's absolutely crucial. If we're serious about decarbon decarbonising, there's got to be a different way of moving freight across um, the country. And if you don't start with electrifying the, uh, the, the docks in Hull, and to a certain extent, Immingham on the south bank of Humber, well then you're not gonna have uh, a decarbonised freight journey. And with all this issue about um, lack of lorry drivers and um, the, the, the issues about um, finding alternative energies for powering you know powering hgvs the solution is the is an old one that's always been around which is rail freight certainly to to do a lot more of the heavy lifting so to speak so we we need to make sure that we electrify from um from hull right through to liverpool and and beyond so that that's that there is a real alternative uh, for both um passenger transport as don touched upon which and obviously important part that rail plays in passenger transport but also for for freight transport and actually what better way of linking to the to the um, Humber estuary which is actually the center for green energy production in the country so you can't talk the story of uh, green energy production and then not have green transport solutions to those same docks so I think it is really important and I know TFN is also pushing that ambition for freight as well as passenger um, passenger decarbonisation, which will come but via electrification. So um, that is really the goal for us all. And um, whilst I heard this morning talks about um, you know powers for the mayoral areas, it's not just about mayors. It's about every town, every village, every every city uh, of the north, um, all equally getting its share of that levelling up funding and prosperity. Absolutely. Two really crucial and, and very big issues there in terms of uh, decarbonisation and, and, and freight. And a, a quick plug for, for Transport for the North's work in those two areas. Our decarbonisation strategy went out to consultation. Uh, that closed uh, just a few weeks ago. So that document fi will be finalised over the next coming weeks and published towards the end of the year. And similarly, the freight and logistics strategy as well uh, to be published towards the end of this year as well by Transport for the North. 
you also mentioned there, Councillor Hale, some of the many challenges and opportunities ahead as well in terms of the integrated rail plan, um, the funding for transport projects, of course, the importance of accessibility and encouraging people back onto public transport as well. From your perspective, Councillor McKenzie, what are the, the key challenges for the, the sort of few months ahead of us? Uh, as ever, the key challenge in, in North Yorkshire, one of our top transport priorities, is to improve east-west connectivity. Uh, we do pretty well north to south. We've got the A1M going straight motorway status right through our county. We have the East Coast Main Line. Clearly, we support uh, any proposals to invest in the East Coast Main Line, especially north of York, where it is very constricted. The capacity is a, is a major problem, not just the East Coast Main Line itself, but also the lines which, which come into the East Coast Main Line, the one out to Scarborough uh, and the one uh, between Leeds, Harrogate and York. So east-west connectivity, very important to us indeed. Uh, we have recently been awarded uh, £56 million to improve the Trans-Pennine route, the A59, which is uh, uh, a Trans-Pennine route between uh, Yorkshire and Lancashire the only reasonable trans route between the, M the A66 in the north and the M62 in the south. Uh, so, uh, yes, th th this is uh, a top priority for us, and it's, it's a priority, I know, which Transport for the North shares with us. Absolutely. And, Councillor Hale, you touched on uh, the importance of, of freight, green growth in particular. What would you say is the biggest opportunity you'll be embracing for, for Hull over the coming months? Well I, well, I think, um, uh, as, as Don suggested, I think it's really important, though, that we make sure that there are um, viable public transport alternatives, certainly for, for the, the main M62 corridor routes, because it might sound an oxymoron to many people who are listening, but the hull, hull end of the M62 is very quiet. So one of the problems with that, in terms of, relatively speaking, vis-a-vis -vis the, you know, the, the route to Manchester and the route to Leeds. So, that doesn't discourage motorists, it actually encourages uh, car usage because obviously it's very comparable journey times between them um, and be part of um, a rail journey because as Don said, I think the north-south is already a much more viable route for rail travel because it's quicker, it's efficient and it's reliable. What we haven't got is that going um, east-west and that is really the deterrent to people taking the plunge and making all their journeys um, by that modal shift to rail. So what we definitely do need is that uh, is to, to commit to that infrastructure so that, in a sense, the north as one economic area can rival the powerhouse that is London and the southeast. Because um, and that can only come when people can live in one area, work in another with ease, and relatively travel efficiently and reliably between those various towns and cities. Big area of uh, of work, and you'll have seen it hit those in the in the room today. The Northern Transport Charter uh, that, that Transport for the North has, has has worked up and setting out those those four key pillars for the North and outlining our ambitions. How does the devolution of power and funding factor in, and how important is that? Uh, well, devolution of uh, funding at North Yorkshire County Council actually has just gone through a process of of, of being uh, uh, completely. Uh, uh, Remodelled, uh, we're going to become an, a unitary authority, uh, and together with City of York, we'll have a, a mayoral uh, uh, arrangement. Uh, and I know from my experience with Transport for the North that uh, the mayors have a, a, a very 
strong voice for the areas which they represent and, and in North Yorkshire we wish to, to, to do that also. Uh, so uh, again, uh, Transport North helps us to be part of an, of, of an organisation which speaks with one voice, which wants to see uh, and articulates the reasons why we want to see more investment uh, in transport facilities in the north of England having been neglected, uh, we feel, in comparison with the south of England, for so many years. Uh, and I think we're well on the way to doing that. And Councillor Hale, you've referenced it uh, a couple of times, the integrated rail plan. We are still waiting to see that document. It's not yet been published. What would you like to, uh, to read when, when that gets here? Well, as I am, um, obviously, from a fairly parochial point of view, firstly, I would definitely want to see... Um, a priority for electrification, as I say, from the from the eastern end of the TFN area, so whole Selby, whole Sheffield. But equally, I think I want to make sure that um, with the, the, the Transport for North umbrella and the Transport for North vehicle is given the power and respect it deserves, because obviously there is a danger otherwise that there was already, um, dare I say, a very mixed tapestry of transport infrastructure across the north but between the former um, passenger transport executive areas and the non-PTE areas and obviously those areas that between the more urban and the more rural. And if we're serious, it's got to, we've got to um, serious about um, sort of a unified response to public transport across the north. We've got to avoid the pepper potting that doesn't just occur between rural and urban but can... can um, still occur between one urban area and the next urban area along and there's got to be a commitment to fair pricing because the price per mile on the rail and on the bus is significantly varied depending on where you sit within the TFN area so those sort of issues around we, we talked about before of cross ticketing and um, and a, a, a fair price price per mile across the north will really make a difference in unlocking passenger numbers because what we what we're clear about is where public transport is a viable, efficient, clean alternative. It will be used, um, and that's what we've got to get to. But we do need TFN to be that voice for the whole North, and uh, as I say, and not just, um, in a sense, for powers to be bypassed and perhaps going directly via the DFT to this area or that area. We need to make sure that we keep, keep that focus on what, we, what TFN was set up about, and that was, in a sense bring a good cogent voice for the whole of the North. Sure. Councillor McKenzie, if I could come back to you, I'd like to pick up on uh, the challenges around rural mobility. It's something that I know we've spoken about in sessions this morning. Uh, how, does, how is that impacting people and businesses of, of your area? And what can be done to, to improve and enhance rural connectivity? Uh, a major uh, challenge for us. Uh, I've already explained the huge distances involved. Many bus journeys in North Yorkshire are commercially uh, unviable, so a, a commercial operator will not wish to do that uh, without a subsidy. And in, in, we actually invest one and a half million pounds a year in subsidising rural bus services. But that that money is, you know, money's tight, uh, and, and we can't increase that. And as inflation kicks in, one and a half million pounds is going to deliver less and less in terms of bus services. So we are piloting at the moment a, uh, a demand-responsive bus service, 
in the Ripon area, uh, app-based, so uh, smartphone-based, which has been going on since the 1st of July. Uh, we had 500 passengers in the first month, over 1,000 in the second month, uh, which was in August. I don't have the September figures yet, but uh, clearly we do see opportunities with uh, demand-responsive app-based bus services in North Yorkshire, where by which, of course, you can at least guarantee passenger numbers, whereas before, we have, in the past, subsidised bus services that were not used very well, and that became, therefore, a poor use of taxpayers' money. Uh, rural transport is always going to be a challenge, uh, and, uh, and we, we put our priority on getting people to work, getting people to essential medical appointments, and getting people to travel hubs like uh, railway stations so that they can pick up a train and continue on their longer journeys. That innovation and that use of technology, I think, is going to be so important as, as we uh, look towards the future and that sort of demand responsive and the use of those apps and things is, is really interesting to hear about. So I'm really pleased to hear that there's so much going on in that area mm. in North Yorkshire that really tailors those services and opportunities and connectivity to the needs of the people in, in the way that best suits them. A final topic that I'd like to touch on um, is social inclusion and transport as a social enabler and a way to support people in uh, approaching new opportunities, new ways of life, new jobs, new places to go to, to live and to get education. We've had Dame Diana Johnson MP on this podcast before talking about left behind neighbourhoods. Um, Councillor Hale, I wonder if you would like to, to touch on the importance of, of transport as a social enabler and in allowing people to, 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 to go further afield, to explore new work and, and educational opportunities? Well, I think, I think uh, twofold. On a, sort of, on a city level, 45% uh, of the people in Hull do not have access to a car. Mm. So it's not a case of uh, which, which modal route do we choose today. It's a case of they don't have a choice. So therefore, we have a duty to make sure that they do have public transport availability um, to their neighbourhoods, otherwise they will be not, they'll be locked into where they live and they will not be able to get the jobs that are, else, are offered elsewhere within the city or outside the city. So it's really important that we have that sort of level of um, connectivity, so to speak. I think also it's important that um, sometimes for public transport, um, as uh, Don was saying, I think the, the, um, it's about how the ease of using it via technology, because sometimes it used to be, if you'd never used a bus, it almost became like an exclusive club of numbers that you didn't know and routes you didn't know. So it's really important that people that would want to have that can access a timetable or either on the phone or at a bus stop so that the, the casual user who we hope to attract into becoming a regular user can also interpret that system, which wasn't always easy in the past. And I think we've certainly used our smart city technology as a way of doing just that. But as I said earlier, when you start talking then about traveling outside of the, say, our city area, to be to perhaps live in Hull and open and, and work elsewhere, or more likely also work elsewhere and, sorry, live elsewhere and work in Hull, it is really important about efficiency because what we know will make the difference was if, if transport is efficient, timely, clean and safe, people will feel the need to, will, will make that leap and will make that shift. And, and in a sense, we, we know that that is by far and away the more, most efficient way 
of moving large numbers of people around is via, um, in a sense, public transport. I also, um, we're also hoping to tap into that um, in terms of our bus, bus priority funding. We're hoping to tap into um, giving bus lane prioritisation in some of our routes where effectively, again, once the bus gets ahead of the queue of traffic, mm -hmm. people will start making a decision, actually, well, what, why would I sit in the traffic when I can get ahead? And secondly, in terms of um, the working with our colleagues, because a lot of the railway stations that used to exist, taking our, our, our city dwellers to the seaside, were unfortunately shut and haven't been reopened since beaching. So it's really important that we work closely with our friends and colleagues in the East Riding about um, efficient bus travel, because if it's efficient bus travel for, to, to transport people to... To the, to the seaside towns, it's also efficient for the people that work there to be able to come the other way mm. because um, some of those services are not frequent or reliable enough to, to make, let those people take that plunge and um, go on to modal shift. Gemma, may I just say a few words about active travel? Please do. Uh, because uh, I, I know active travel is part of the uh, uh, policy of, of the Transport for the North, especially their decarbonisation strategy. Uh, and in North Yorkshire, we uh, have recently been awarded £35 million for travel gateway schemes in Skipton, Selby and Harrogate. We did that in partnership with West Yorkshire Combined Authority, who were very supportive of us. And th those schemes are going to transform the town centres of, of those three towns to enable uh, people to reach transport uh, gateways much more easily on foot and on, on bicycle mm. and actually make them much more attractive to visitors and that's all part of the visitor economy that we have. Mm. Uh, we've also applied for various uh, bits of funding for active travel funds and, uh, and, and we've been successful in it. So we're now engaged upon uh, a fairly concentrated program of building in cycle paths, improved experience for walkers and cyclists and that's all part of, uh, of, of getting uh, including all yeah. travel and in, in reducing our carbon footprint. Absolutely as you say a very important part of the picture. Uh, thank you to you both so much for joining me today. I'm sorry we don't have longer to talk but we've got plenty more to talk about this afternoon. Uh, please do uh, have a look on our website for all our previous podcast episodes. If you've not listened to us before please do go and have a look at the library on there. Thank you again councillors Hale and Mackenzie for joining thank us you. today. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed hearing our live podcast recorded at our annual conference. Great to speak to councillors Hale and Mackenzie about the importance of TFN, how it impacts their areas uh, and what the uh, what the impact is of that one voice approach to, to transport investment and planning. As I mentioned at the start, we will bring you more of the discussions from our conference on this podcast and do go and watch all the recordings from the day as well at our website transportforthenorth.com slash annual hyphen conference. Plenty of highlights over on Twitter as well, hashtag TFN21. And of course, in our All Points North weekly newsletter, we will continue to bring you all the breaking news about transport from our region. Thanks for listening to the Transport for the North podcast. Please do join us again next time. Thanks for listening to the Transport for the North podcast. Don't forget you can subscribe on Spotify and SoundCloud so you never miss an episode. You can find us on Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook for all our latest updates. And join us on our website where you can find all the latest news and sign up to our All Points North newsletter.